Let's go ahead and stand up. Our first time here. 
All right. Hark the Herald, angels sing. <clears throat> Merry Christmas, by the way. excited that you're here. And it's not only Hark the Herald Angels Sing, it's Hark First Prezes Singing like we've never sung before, because we get to not only celebrate God's gift to us of the birth of Jesus, King Jesus, but you and I get to celebrate this historic, momentous, incredible moment in the life of the church of God's gift to us of being able to be here for the very first time on Christmas Eve. Woo! 
God is so much fun. And how like God to give us this gift on this day. And every time you return, you'll continue to see his surprises unfolding before your very eyes as we continue to complete this church campus. But perhaps God's best surprise of all is what will happen in your heart if you jump in with us. Because at first prez, we are about real relationships with Jesus and with each other. We celebrate it, we pursue it, because that's when real transformation can take place in our lives. The angels were right. This is indeed good news of great joy for all the people. And long before the herald angels sang, long before the shepherds came, long before the wise men bowed down and worshiped to the king, God had you on his heart when with thoughtfulness and care he gave you the gift of his son. So let's light up his heart with joy by worshiping with thanksgiving for the greatest gift that was ever given. Please pray with me. Oh, Father, there are hardly words to describe how grateful we are that we get to celebrate the birth of your son, such a gift like none other. Yet in the context of the gift of this place, wow, you are the God of surprises. And I pray, Lord, that as we worship, that you would meet each person, each child, each adult, right where they need you the most. Lord, would you surprise and delight their hearts in the most unexpected, beautiful, healing, nurturing way? Would you bring healing, Lord? Would you surprise with the gift of your presence for anyone here who's feeling alone. Lord, you are God with us, Emmanuel. That's not just a promise, it's real. And you're as near as our breath. So Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you that your son loved us enough to good news us with his birth and then good news us with his death and resurrection. Our hearts are full to overflowing. Amen. Oh my goodness, who can that be? We thought the fire marshal was gone and that we're good to go. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Oh boy. I'm I think so we have sorry. more surprises. Sorry, I'm sorry. And you I'm never sorry. disappoint, Rachel. I don't want to ruin never the flow, but boys and girls, no, please no. come up to the stage with me. Best please, surprise ever. Please come up. Don't be shy. You may not recognize me. Come on, all the way up, all the way up. Yes, yes. I just have a Oh, yes. Hello. Merry Christmas. I need all boys and girls 
Hi, oh, let's not sit behind me. Let's sit around. Yes, yes. Yes, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, running a little bit late because I could not decide what to wear today. My name is Miss Rachel, and for those of you who don't know me, I love costumes. I wear them morning, noon, and night on any given day of the week, right? So today, very special day, Christmas Eve, I was laying out my costumes and I couldn't decide what to wear. I wanted to pick my most favorite character from the Christmas Bible story. And I just couldn't decide, so guess what I did? Yep, I wore them all. I wore them all, all at once. So can you tell me, just in case you don't know, could you tell me any of the people you see represented on moi? Let's see, okay. Henry, who do you see? Wise men. Yes, okay, one of the wise men of the three. I'm gonna hand you my props, okay? I'm, my eyes are on you, okay? <laughs> who else do we see? Jesus. Jesus, where do you, where do you see Jesus? I knew that would happen. Okay, so we obviously have Scooter the camel. Where's Jesus? Okay, that's not Jesus yet, but, but I love what you're thinking. Jesus is everywhere. You are right. You are right. Um, um, Miss Maggie. An angel. An angel. Yes, an angel. And yes, let me just get these. Wait. So I can get them off. Okay. I might need a helper. Who else do you see? Um, Lucia. I trust you with this. Yes. Yes. Who else do you see? Mary Alton? Um, God. Yes, God is, is here. That's true. William? I see Joseph. Joseph, yes. I'm going to recommend you don't wear this. It's been in storage. Bevan? Who do you see on Miss Rachel? Who's left? The pregnant woman. What is her name? Mary Bevan. She wants this one. Bevan, put it on. Oh, yeah. Okay, who we got left? Couple more, couple more. Lucy? The donkey. Not just any donkey, Mary's donkey. Yes. I'll get it off in a minute. What else do we see? What else? We're only a few more. Walt. I forgot. You forgot? Well, this looks like a, an animal, right? Just say animal. We already got, there's got to be animals. Okay. Wow. Anything left? Anything? Yes, sweet girl. A key. A key. The very last one remaining, besides my Bible, um, Little linen here is a gold key. You're right. And I'm going to keep this one on because this was the last person I thought about. The very last one. In fact, have you ever really wondered about the innkeeper? He's not really mentioned that much in the Bible, right? He's not. He doesn't, he doesn't even have a name in the Bible. 
let's hear what our Bible says about the inn and the innkeeper. This is from the book of Luke. While they were there, the time came for Mary to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room available at the inn. My other Bible says there was no guest room available. That's all that is said about the innkeeper. But can you imagine if there was no innkeeper who would let them even have room in the stable? Don't you think the Christmas, Christmas story would have been different? Yes, it would have. not have a Christmas tree. You're right. No lampposts either. Thank you. I love the details. So back then, the end being full, it probably was a good thing. The city was hustling and bustling, kind of like Gasparilla here, okay? But this was not your average Airbnb, okay? This was a stable, it was a two-story house most likely, and the upper floor was reserved for family and special guests, and the bottom floor was a stable or a barn. The innkeeper, he said, here's the stable, this is the best I have for you. I can make room for you in here. Now, a little side note, if the innkeeper knew this was baby Jesus, the king of the world, he might have kicked the people out from upstairs, right? Adios, you guys, we gotta make room. This is pretty important. But God had a plan. God wanted baby Jesus to be born in the stable. That's right. So that everyone from near and far, even the lowly shepherds, could find him. God made baby Jesus available to all, didn't he? You know, we can learn a lot from this innkeeper with no name. We can. Do you ever feel like you are overbooked? No, I bet your parents do. Yeah. Flag football, dance, gymnastics, chores, your phones. <clears throat> you do flag football, yes. Swimming, lacrosse, I mean, I can't even keep up. Gymnastics. Boys and girls, sometimes you're so busy that we forget to make room in our own inns, in our own guest rooms of our hearts. Do you think this Christmas and every day in the new year, could you make room in your inn for Jesus? Could you give him your best to offer? Yes, yes. In fact, can you unlock the doors of your heart for this beautiful new house of God? And can you invite your friends here so they can meet Jesus too? Yes, I know you can. I'm gonna leave you with my favorite, one of my favorite Bible verses. And I want you to listen carefully to this. This is from the book of Revelation. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and we will eat together. Wow, Jesus is always knocking, no matter how busy you are. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our many blessings. Please let us seek your presence, no matter our age. 
Help us not to get overbooked. Help us not to fill our inn with so much stuff that we forget to unlock the doors for you just like that innkeeper. We love you. We thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, boys and girls, before you go back to your seat, on your way out today, you are going to be given your own very special key to remind you about the innkeeper and how he gave his best for baby Jesus. So don't forget to get this on your way out and keep it under your pillow or on your bedside tonight, okay? All right, when you hear the music to Frosty the Snowman, you may walk carefully to your parents and get back in your seats, okay? Merry Christmas! It is pretty amazing to stand up here right now. And Kathy said it, there has been so much anticipation about this very moment. Years, years of anticipation. And I think it's one of those memories, at least for me, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of all of us, I think this is probably a memory that's going to be seared in our minds forever. The very first time that we would be gathered in this space that God built to worship collectively King Jesus. We have these monumental moments in our lives that we never forget. Graduation day, our wedding day, the day your child is born. And I really think that this is going to be one of them for our church family and for us as individuals. When the Bible talks about time, the English translated word time actually comes over two different ways in Greek. There's chronos, as in chronological, a quantitative measurement of time. And then there's kairos, the perfect moment, the opportune time. Friends, today is a kairos moment. Today is something that is lived and experienced. At just the right time, God puts all things together and his might and his power is displayed and we get to live into it. And not only is it a Kairos moment because it's our first time in this sanctuary, but tonight we're gathered because it is probably the most Kairos day of the year. We're celebrating the moment that God sent his son Jesus to be our rescuer and our savior and our redeemer. And so we're gonna be passing baskets around this evening and as they come by, we want to thank you in advance for your generosity. We want to thank you for the way that your financial gifts are going to help us complete this building project, that they're going to help us go on mission to God's kingdom purposes in the city of Tampa. And what's more, I believe that your financial gifts are going to create kairos moments in the lives of people who don't yet even know that Jesus loves them. So thank you. While the baskets are being passed, you're also going to have an opportunity to enjoy this video that helps us grasp the magnificence of Jesus.
I wonder what it would be like to be born in a manger. Yeah. Wonder whatever happened to baby Jesus. He, he grew up. What? Wait. So you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus? Yeah. Thanks, honey. Wow, I just never really put the two concepts together. <laughs> Wonder what happened to that guy, huh? <laughs> he, he went to the cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean, he, he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life, and, you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? Okay, I was really, oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know? Only one guy. I tell you this. Here's an idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. Up top. It's the idea. stand up.
Ooh, I hope it's okay with you that I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Because, man, has this been something else, this journey. And so here we are. And what we're going to do first, and this will help me get unnervous, is I want you to do this. I want you to, I'm going to say go, but wait and listen. I'm going to ask you to turn to the person on your left. And if you know their name, say their name, shake their hands, and say Merry Christmas. If you don't know their name, ask them their name, and then say their name, Merry Christmas. On your, you're with me? Turn to your left. On one, two, three, Go. All righty. That, that's good. I'm, I'm better already. Now, do the same thing. Turn to the person to your right. Say their name. Say Merry Christmas on your mark. and said go. That's pretty cool. And so now everybody in here has at least one person who knows their name, and we're big on names. Let's do this. Let's take a look at my name. You ready? Look at it. That is my full name. It's, it's look carefully at it, Walter Fitzjames Hendry Connor. There are two more in the room with that name, Junior and the third, but I, that's, I just, you need to know that because I'm proud of this name. I will grant you it's a little unusual. I'll say that. And Fitz was a little unusual, and so my older brother started calling me that because I grew up as Jimmy. Who would have known? Yeah, I started high school, and my brother drew attention to the Fitz part. I like my name. And Fitz, you may be wondering, I think this is five names. Some people would debate me historically and say, no, it's only four. Fitz means son of. So son of James is how the name got used. I am not the son of James. That's not who I am. <laughs> I'm the son of William Paul. But so what? My mother named me Fitz James anyway. And, he, and my dad obviously had nothing to do with it. And that's the way it goes out there. Anyhow. What we're, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some names. It's really important to understand that. So the almighty God of the universe has a name because God isn't a name. With me, God is sort of a category, but the almighty God of the universe has a name, and the name is kind of unusual, but here's what I want you to know. This weird name is going to be the greatest name that you've ever heard in your life. And that's what I want you to leave here with tonight. I want you to understand that you're going to hear something about God's name. And it's going to make a huge difference in how we understand the purpose and meaning of Christmas. Backstory. You with me? Here we go. A long, long time ago, probably 3,500 years ago. 3,500 years ago. The people of Israel, the Jewish people, they lived in Egypt, but they were enslaved to the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. And God is watching, and God said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm putting an end to this slavery thing. In fact, I'm going to get my people, and I'm going to take them back to the land that I gave them a long time ago, the land of Israel, the land that you and I today know is Israel. And God says, I'm getting them out of Egypt out of slavery, I'm going to set them free and put them back in the land that I gave them a long, long time ago. And God said he's going to do that. And he picked a dude 
named Moses to lead the people. Now Moses, I just want you to know that Moses, if, all, if every Jewish person on the planet was to vote for who would be the figures that go on the Mount Rushmore of being a Jewish person, Moses would get 100% of their votes. You with me? He is the big stuff. Moses is. And Moses is. So Moses says, however, back to God, he says it politely. He says, sir, okay, I'll do it. But I need a name. Uh, all the gods have names. And I need a name for you that I can tell your people your name. And God says back to him, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Exodus is the second book in the Bible. God says to Moses, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to think like the all reality is rumbling. Moses asked the question, I need a name, and everything's sort of shaking, almost, almost scary. And then they get, it gets real quiet. And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Whew. Well, yeah, it's kind of an unusual name. I'll give you that. Look at it in Hebrew. It comes up spelled in English, but in Hebrew, Yahweh. Who knows exactly how to pronounce it? But in the, in the Hebrew language that the people read and spoke, one would, it would be pronounced something like Yahweh, maybe Yahweh. And that's God's name. And oh, it's going to matter a lot that you and I understand how we connect God's name, Yahweh, to what happened on that first Christmas day. That's what we're in here to do. What happened on that first, a powerful metaphor start to come out of the mouth of Jesus. And we get them in the Gospel of John. Here's what Jesus does. Just Jesus identifies himself as Yahweh. He takes the name of God. So we're going to go from Hebrew to Greek. And Yahweh in Hebrew comes over in Greek as ego a me, two words, ego a me, I am. That's who Jesus says he is. That's the name that Jesus takes on himself with all the other names that we celebrate. Jesus takes on the names of the I am, the Yahweh. Watch it. Here it comes up on the board. In the Gospel of John, seven different I am statements. And so we're going to read through them quickly. Here they come before you. The first one, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. The metaphor helps you see the sustenance and the meaning of the name. Remember, this weird name, I am Yahweh, it's going to make a big difference in your life, and you're glad that you're getting to know it. I am the bread of life, says Jesus. And next he says, Jesus speaks again to the people, and he said, I am the light of the world. And he has another one. He says, I, Jesus tells them again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate. I'm the way in. I am the gate for the sheep. So the force of these metaphors begin to build. We have sustenance. We have supply. We have security. We have safety. We have access. A fourth one, I am the good shepherd. And look what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd, the I am, the Yahweh, lays down his life for his sheep. Wow. We got another one. He's not finished. John chapter 11. Jesus answered and said, I am the resurrection 
and the life, the baby who gets born, whose life is laid down for his sheep, becomes a new life, Jesus is saying. In John 15, chapter 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, the authentic vine. I'm the real nourishment. I'm the nourishment that isn't filled with falsehood and lies and untruths. I am the true vine. Attach yourself to me. Jesus says that. We got one more, I think, we, or two. We got one more. Uh, yeah, one more. Nope, that's, that, I, that, I'm sorry. I got confused here. I told you I was nervous. <laughs> I lost track counting. One last, like, kaboom. Okay, this is a kaboom statement. Jesus is in a debate with some religious leaders, Jewish folks. And those Jewish folks were deeply bothered by him saying all this I am stuff because they got it. They sensed Jesus connecting himself with the great I am, with Yahweh. And Jesus is debating them. And look at what he says to them to finish off the debate. This is stunning. Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Don't, don't leave today wondering who, who we worship and what we celebrate. Now, not everybody would agree with this. Not everybody believes what we're talking about here. Not everybody believes this stuff. I do. We do. That's what makes this family of faith a real thing. God is present in our life because Jesus is the second person of the Trinity who is God in the flesh with us, and that's what we're celebrating. Jesus is the great I am. So this, this weird name, Yahweh, that comes, that comes in Greek, ego me, that comes in English, I am. Don't name your kid that. Oh, but don't leave without making sure that you have appropriated how important it is that we know who God is and how God works in our lives. And so I ask a couple of questions, maybe they're a little more personal. What have you brought into the room today with you when you came in here? And my guess is that you've brought several things like I brought in with me. You've brought excitement, you've brought gratitude, You've brought maybe family and faith, and you have, you have relationships that matter, and we're, we're grateful for all of that. We brought lots of good stuff into the room with us today. But I think maybe also many of us, maybe most of us, at the same time, we've brought maybe some worries, maybe some insecurities, maybe some failings, maybe some struggles, some fears, Maybe we brought that kind of stuff in here with us. Maybe there's something in my life that I don't want anybody to know about and I can barely dare to see it myself. Maybe that's a part of what's going on with us in the room today, in our lives today, in our world today. I think probably that's the case. And the question we want to ask is, who is able to help? Who is able to find their way through this. Who's able to find the answers? And then here comes the rumble starts again. And we can feel all existence start to shake and then it gets real quiet. And Jesus' answer is, who is able? I am able. That's what happened when that baby was born. God became a human being. God, the almighty Yahweh, God of the universe, became a human being. And we celebrate at Christmas. Yeah, we celebrate a bunch of great things, but it was way, way more 
than a marvelous idea, this business of God loving us. What God does is becomes a person who we can be connected to and in relationship. That's what God has done. The great I am has rumbled and then entered humbly into our lives. And that's why you and I are here again today. Which, we can ask more questions, which way do I go? And Jesus' answer is, I'm the way. What if I fail again? And Jesus' answer is, I'm the resurrection. I create new life. I'm 50. I'm divorced. I feel like I'm starting all over again. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I don't know if I can face the pains of my past. And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. You may be thinking, I've given all that I have and it just ain't enough. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And so we celebrate this Jesus who breaks into the world. God incarnate. Who Jesus is, is the almighty God of the universe in this mystery of becoming a human being and living among us and loving us. Jesus is born. He lives his life. He dies a brutal death, but he's resurrected and he's also sitting enthroned as the new king of the universe, making all things over again in your life and in the world. And we're a part of it when we allow him to break into our lives. This Yahweh, this I am, this great king. We know God as a person. And that's why we're here today. God knows you by name. The God whose name resonates throughout the universe knows each and every one of us. Loves us, forgives us, makes us over again into new people. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I hope you are too. And look in, in front of me here. What's in front of me is the presence of Jesus Christ. This is, this is the Lord's Supper. This is communion. This is the Holy Eucharist, whatever name that you are, have attached to it. And as I step down to, I just remind you a couple of things about this. Jesus was with his closest friends. And he told them, I am the bread of life. This is grape juice. It's not wine, but he took what would then have been a cup of wine. And he said, this wine is my blood shed for you. I am the resurrection. So when we eat and drink, we're saying yes. We're responding with the text that Rachel read, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. We've been invited to have a meal with Jesus. And here he is. He's present right now. You're just not going to find a better deal than the great I am who invites you to trust him with your life. This is not a denominational table. This is the table of Jesus. Every single person who's trusting Jesus is welcome to come forward and, and take. We, we do this by what the fancy word is intinction, meaning you will take a piece of bread or a gluten-free wafer and you will dip it into the cup 
And then a person will tell you that this is the bread, of, this is Jesus' body, the bread of life. This is Jesus' blood, the resurrection. You're going to hear words like that. Receive the king of the universe into your life. He loves us. He forgives us. He makes us over again new. And it couldn't happen if we didn't first have him get born. And that's what we celebrate today. The elders who are serving are going to come forward now and help all of us make our way to the table.
Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So let's turn on our lights and sing Silent Night with lit up, happy hearts as we stand together now.
voices. Here we go. One more time. My good, my good friends, I want us to leave this place knowing that we're loved by the almighty king of the universe, Jesus, who is the great I am. Take, go out there and enjoy this big space. and You can hang out as long as you want to. We got a lot of room and just have fun out there. The band's going to rock one final tune while we do it, but you're free to go now and just make this place your home. How about that?